0: After a life-changing medical diagnosis, it seemed like First Lady Nancy Reagan would be the top story for the foreseeable future. But then, all eyes went from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue to 1600 miles away. Find out why headlines instantly changed on this episode of Top Fold. Welcome to Top Fold, a podcast about all the news that would have been. I'm your host, Luke Hefley. Here at Top Fold, we explore monumental events that didn't make the top story only because that spot was already taken. Hearing from your doctor that you have cancer is a traumatic experience. When the word is uttered, all other sounds and voices become mute. It is a tough diagnosis, one that is obviously alarming to the recipient and their family. You want privacy. You want to be around your family. You only want to talk about it with your friends, your loved ones, and God. For First Lady Nancy Reagan, privacy wasn't an option. All eyes held her in the spotlight because of her national status. She and President Reagan had dealt with this type of news before. Previously, he had been diagnosed with cancer and had surgery a couple of years earlier. He was healed and was confident she would be also. Mrs. Reagan was a very private person. During a routine screening mammogram, it was discovered that she had developed breast cancer. After consultations with her doctor and her husband of 35 years at the time, she decided to do a modified radical mastectomy. Like so many things that brought Nancy Reagan to the spotlight, her decision stirred controversy. Before even entering the hospital, articles questioned if she had chosen the correct procedure. It seemed like everyone had an opinion and were debating about how her private choice would affect others. Mrs. Reagan had felt pressured by breast cancer advocates to do a lumpectomy, for they believed her decision had set that movement back 10 years. Mrs. Reagan figured prominently in the president's political and national plans. As a wife, partner, and first lady, she felt Reagan needed her by his side. If she would have chosen the lumpectomy, post-surgery radiation would have lasted at least eight weeks, including many follow-up appointments, so she chose differently. It looked like for days and weeks to come, this would be the story of the hour. Endless debates about her choice and timeline of recovery. Such a personal decision. Such a personal time to be with family. Mrs. Reagan longed to escape the flashing bulbs, microphones, and headlines. That wasn't going to happen, with reporters from all over the country outside the White House waiting on her next move. But then everything changed. Instead of headlines from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, the breaking news shifted 1600 miles away to a little town called Midland, Texas. Once the hometown of two presidents, George H.W. Bush, who was vice president at the time, and George W. Bush, over a decade later, this little old town was now on the nation's radar. Was there a political scandal unfolding? Had Vice President Bush done something to take the spotlight off of the First Lady? No. All eyes at this time were on an 18-month little girl by the name of Jessica McClure, or Baby Jessica, as she was now known worldwide as the baby who had fallen into a well. Her story was down the screens of millions of televisions across the land. On the morning of October 14, 1987, baby Jessica fell through the 8-inch wide opening of an abandoned water well while playing with other children in her aunt's backyard. After dropping 22 feet below the surface, she had become stuck where the shaft had veered off slightly, opening up to around 12 inches. It was later determined that the well was actually almost 100 feet deeper from where the toddler had gotten stuck. At first, rescuers thought they could rescue the little girl within hours. Then nightfall turned to day. And then one day turned to two. The world watched and prayed as crews of rescue workers, mining experts, and local volunteers labored around the clock to save the little girl. Restaurants provided food, and neighbors provided coffee and sandwiches, not just to the workers, but to reporters as well. President Reagan and First Lady had been watching like everyone else. Progress was slow because of the dense, hard pan rock that blunted even diamond-tipped pneumatic drills. Eventually, the workers were able to drill a shaft parallel to the one in which McClure was trapped. They then tunneled horizontally through the dense rock to connect the two shafts. Not knowing her internal injuries, on advice from the medical team, food and water had been withheld because they were worried that that would aggravate any internal injuries that Baby Jessica might have. Time was running out. They didn't know how much longer Baby Jessica would live. They had to get to this little girl. The circumstances were dire. On the night of October 16th, all three major networks and CNN broke into their regularly scheduled programs to show paramedics safely pulling a dirt-covered but alert baby Jessica out of the well. At the same time that the First Lady was in the hospital, so was baby Jessica. McClure was hospitalized for more than a month, and at first the doctors believed that they might have to remove the little girl's foot. Because for the entire fifty-eight and a half hours she was in the well, her right leg had been elevated to the side of her head. She also had some scarring on her forehead, but no internal injuries. The foot was saved, but one toe did have to be surgically removed. Everyone wanted to see more of this little girl. She was flooded with gifts and cards from all over the country. She and her family received a hospital visit from Vice President Bush and a phone call from President Reagan and the First Lady. Mrs. Reagan told Baby Jessica's mother Reba, or Sissy, as she's known to family and friends, that she had delayed her preoperative preparations because she was watching the rescue of the child and could not leave the television until she knew Jessica was safe. Although both Mrs. Reagan and Baby Jessica were in the newspapers the following days, much more space was dedicated to the little girl who had fallen in the well, and the First Lady wouldn't have had it any other way. She was able to have the privacy she craved and any controversy over her medical choice or what role she played in the White House took a backseat to the inspiring story of baby Jessica, who had captured the nation's heart. McClure went on to lead a normal life, largely out of the public spotlight. At age 25, she gained access to a trust fund that was established following her rescue of donations from people around the world. She has married and still lives in Midland, Texas. For Mrs. Reagan... The surgery worked. She became an advocate for early detection and had no complications or recurrence for the rest of her life. Back in October of 1987, for two and a half days, no matter what the First Lady was doing, nor the rest of the country for that matter, everyone had held their breath and then collectively gave a gigantic sigh of relief when they saw little baby Jessica, now America's baby, emerge safely from that well. And there you have it, all the news that would have been thank you for joining us this week on top fold check us out on facebook twitter instagram at top fold podcast and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcast all my sources and research can be found at topfold.buzzsprout.com there along with other things that bring history to life I'd like to thank David Wagler for the music. And if you like the show, please rate us and give us a review or simply tell a friend. That would be great. So until next time, there you have it. All the news that would have been.